Live from the Motor City, all the way to the Volunteer State, it's time for the Reckless Speculation Podcast, where we recklessly speculate the latest news in the world of sports. From college football to NASCAR, we've got you covered. And don't forget to stick around for the world-famous Bet Your Nuts, where we will give you your best bets to make the most money. Now sit back, grab your favorite drink of choice, and join Robbie Davis, Raj Mehta, Brandon Chain, and Tom Sloan. It's showtime! What's happening, everyone? This is Raj coming to you live from a La Quinta Inn, and my company is a Fortune Top 10, and apparently they're racist, or they don't like me. Just kidding. Not saying their name. Uh, yeah, man, I'm at a hotel today, and um, just wanted to check in. This is a very, very interesting week in sports. It's a very... Uh, self-centered, narcissistic, individual-focused week, whether it be Los Angeles getting Shohei Otani to Patrick Mahomes to John Rahm uh, to Millhouse, Mike McDaniels, and the Miami Dolphins uh, versus Mike Rabel. And we're going to touch on all of this stuff. We're going to try to do it quickly today. Um, let me go ahead and introduce the dudes today. Michelle is not with us, sadly. But uh, let's first go to the, he deserves to be first, the producer extraordinaire, Mr. Tom Sloan out of Detroit. Mr. Meta, how are you in the uh, La Quinta? <laughs> I'm <laughs> effing embarrassed to admit that. If I was downtown, <laughs> I could have been at the Tennessee in a luxury five-star, but no. You're it's not, actually you're, better than the Red Roof Inn, so suck it. Well, I mean, uh, a dumpster is probably better than a Red Roof Inn, but I digress. Hey, this is actually not bad. I showed you guys the business suite. I'm on the suite side, although not much oh. separates. Uh, <laughs> how are you today uh, in Mr. Mutant Jeans? We'll get into that, but CJ Gardner-Johnson uh, yes. coming back must make you pleased. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hope. And and at at this point, that's that's all we can ask for as Lions fans. And uh, I do think we rebound this weekend. Uh, Saturday night at Ford Field should be raucous. I can't wait for that. Yeah, you know what's funny to me, and we'll get into this, is I always respect great teams. To me, good teams win on the road. And Detroit is 5-2 and two on the road. They actually have the same record, or they're 4-2, and two, I, I believe, at home where yeah. they're not as dominant and mm -mm. maybe that's Ford field. Maybe that's pressure. Maybe that's a fast playing surface. I don't know, but um, people talk about them not being there yet, but they're winning on the road. So that's kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. yep. Speaking of crazy, let's get to a male Taylor Swift fan, a man leaving for San Antonio in the morning. Uh, also going to see LeBron and Wemby part two. Uh, he is, uh, well, he, his name and look speaks for himself. He is Mr. Robert Davis, apparently is a telemarketing Top Gun maverick as well. What's up, Rob? Hey, hey, I just want to thank you for having me. I, I was a little skeptical about after what happened on 
Monday night with Derrick Henry scoring two touchdowns to beat you oh, in fantasy at the very good. end if you were going to have me on this week. But, you know, I'm glad we could put bygones be got bygones and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see we'll see each other in the playoffs. Which, 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 wait, 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 wait. Before we introduce our fourth member, we will not see him in the playoffs. So yeah, it's got to get get that out of the way. As a ten and three person, I uh, I, I had Pacheco, Herrett, and some other guys, but I'll tip my hat to Rob. Uh, unfortunately for me, I did not put Drake London in against Tampa, and of course he has the game of his life. And <laughs> what if is the story of fantasy football? Robert won one twenty seven. To 122.32 with Gardner Minshew as his quarterback. <laughs> wow. So yeah. My 10 hey. and 4 team uh, hopefully gets a bye. Uh, last but not least, a guy who's had tough losses, but I think his team sucks right now because of injuries, maybe. It's our golf extraordinaire and bitter Titans fan and Ohio State. Buckeye on the losing end for three straight and, years. And, Mr. And Brady loser Chan. bracket. Extraordinaire. No, I will make the playoffs after I win this week. It's all going to play out perfectly. But yes, I've been bitten by the injury bug. Uh, my, I was first overall pick. Of course, I took Jefferson, um, who I've had for all of two or three weeks this entire mm-hmm. season. Um, it's been terrible. And now Jacobs is going to said he's going so. to play this week. Oh, well, he's going to play, you know, half-assed probably. I'll get seven points out of him. And then, uh, you know, Jacobs is hurt again. And, you know, now I've got to play Jarek McKinnon um, because Pacheco is probably going to be out. So uh, it, it is the life of fantasy, and I I will power through. I will somehow make the playoffs and – Robbie looks like 1990s, like Wings. Uh, if you ever watched that show, TV show, whatever. Wow. What's going on here? Wow. <laughs> that was a sweet Way show, back. dude. With it was a sweet show. Thomas oh, yeah. Hayden Church, who ended up starring in uh, Sideways. Wings was great. I like that fucking show. <laughs> uh, but anyway, little uh, little name drop. What's up, boys? Let's let's get through this stuff. It's, we got a lot, lot of crazy stuff. It's going to be a good show tonight. About. Good show. Let's go, dude. Let's go. I want to, with me hosting, we're trying to cut down the yapping. So, uh, so far, it's a fail. Um, <laughs> let's go right away. Uh, by the way, with a lot of free money to spend still, uh, Tyler Glass now and Manuel Margot look like they're on the way to the Dodgers, sending Ryan Pepio, um, another young stud, one of the wealth of LA arms. But uh, that doesn't matter. The Dodgers can't afford him, is my point. And Tom. Why is that after spending the largest sports contract in North American sports history? I think soccer has a few more, but. Well, I I think they can do that because the way the contract was deferred. Um, And could you explain that? Like how he is a unicorn, not just on the field, but. So he, he presented an offer to the, to the Dodgers and. Uh, I don't know if this was offered to any other teams, but you hear 10 years, 700 million. uh, And you think, holy cow, this is, you know, unbelievable, which it is. But he decides to take 2 million per for the first 10 years and then basically spread out the rest of the deal 
from year 10 on, even though he, you know, he may not be a Dodger after that. It's a, it's a Bobby Bonilla situation where every year will be a Shohei Otani day. So, um, and he did that basically. So it gives the, the, I almost said the Lakers, uh, it gives the Dodgers some, I guess, uh, flexibility within the luxury tax uh, to go out and get more players. And, and, and I think you look at it and, you know, that's a really cool move by Otani to do that. He didn't have to do that. But then when you stop and really think that he's in L.A., he even though he's he played in California, but he's a Dodger now, the marketability is endless. Uh, estimation uh, somewhere of 50 million in d- endorsements per year. So that 2 million, he's not going to miss. So um, they have the ability to go out and get a glass now. And Margot, who's a, you know, he's a, he could be a bench guy. He's fast. He's got a good bat. He's really good in the outfield. He's a good utility player. It's a good, that's a good ball player that no one really has ever heard of because he played in Tampa. So um, very unselfish type of move uh, by Otani. So, um, the Dodgers, who I mean, they're they're no slouch. You've you've got Mookie Betts, who's a top two or three player in MLB. You got Freddie Freeman. Uh, it's just it's it's a powerhouse, and it has been for the last ten years. And and this should uh, put them pretty much over the top. At least uh, between them and Atlanta, they'll definitely be uh, battling it out for the National League. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, L.A. already had Betts and Freeman who were second and third in the MVP to the highly deserving Ronald Acuna. They're also the only two Dodgers signed after 2025. L.A. was maneuvering to make this move. We heard about it since 2017, 18, since he got in the league. Um, we were shocked he didn't come to L.A. Last year, L.A.'s payroll was $158 million, the lowest it's been in a long time for the Dodgers. They overachieved with the Dodger way, getting a lot out of veterans like Hayward and J.D. Martinez. Just a lot of career resurgences and um, kind of played above where they should have. So it's people are like, whoa, they're already, you know, a team that's won 100 games four out of the last five years. The fifth year was COVID when they won the World Series. Um, you know, Glass now is uh, Tampa Bay's ace. He has durability issues. It is contingent upon signing an extension. But L.A. can do that now, and they can do more. Um, Rob, let's switch gears here. A lot of the owners complain the small market, as they always have, that this is unprecedented. It's unfair to big market teams. Um, There's no salary cap in baseball, is there? No, there's there's a luxury tax. And, and like, when you talk about, like, this was one of the – most brilliant contracts it, 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 if it can stand all the way around from a team from a player from an agent from everything like not only at the team look they can take that 600 million dollars invest it and you know five percent start to they know that they owe that otani can work the tax deferent he can move to Texas, Tennessee, Florida, uh, other states don't have income taxes and get that 
save $300 million. Um, and, and yeah, like he's a international superstar. He doesn't need baseball money. Mm-hmm. Like, like it, it's just, it's so mm-hmm. smart and, I'm surprised it hasn't been used more often now that you see it in play. Um, but yeah, like if I'm a small, if I'm say Kansas City or uh, Tampa building from the uh, farm system, when I see big markets like this, like LA can, like just marketing can do more than Kansas City or Tampa can do. So this is another gigantic shift in baseball where when we were growing up it was the haves and haves nots it seemed to switch a little bit more to kansas city houston tampa uh baltimore so atlanta even atlanta is a huge market but it seemed to switch more back to be more competitive this is the pendulum swinging the other way i think Mm -hmm. and it's going to be back to these big markets Go advertising dollars, defer contracts, and so. But the players, the players and owners' unions are the two most powerful in all professional sports. So I'm not sure if anything changes, but it's going to be interesting to watch. Brandon, you own a construction business, so you've seen the ebbs and flows of many different factors. Um, does it shock you a guy would defer this much? You know, whether it be the economy the pandemic, anything like that could affect agents want them clients to get their money now. Um, sure. Does that shock you? And why do you think Otani did this? Um, it shocks me because it's, it, it's somewhat been done, but not in this magnitude. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also not shocking because it's genius, right? Mm-hmm on both parties okay so you 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 look at otani's point of view right this guy is taking the minimum amount that he can in one of the highest state tax states that we have right while he's there Mm -hmm. and he can play out his 10 years you know this is this is the future in my opinion of a 401k for for the MLB, right? Like uh, if you, if you are stuck in a state where you are taxed out the ass, um, this is your, your way out. So it's genius on both parties. They defer the luxury tax. It opens up their book. They can still get all the star players. They can win. They can have a real, really, really good shot, uh, at least on paper to have the best team in the league. And, you know, that's hard to compete with. And, and I think people need to take note of that. And this is, this is going to start happening, right? This is what happens when you don't have a salary cap, only luxury tax in, in certain states. Now you get creative, right? Now you can defer, you can do all the – Bobby Vanilla Day has been going on for since, what, 1997 or something like that? He signed in 92 for 29 million. He gets 1 million from 2011 to 2035 on July 1st of every year. Bobby Bonilla yeah. day. Bobby Bonilla, Bobby Bonilla day. day. So exactly. <laughs> so this, this was a page out of that book, but you know, multiplied by 20. Right. Mm-hmm. So 
I think we're going to see more of this going on. I think this was the, the first of us kind of this magnitude, like I said, but genius on both parts. Um, Otani's going to be in Florida or, you know, another state because after 10 years, you're not, you're not going to be taxed in that where you earn the income. It's wherever you live at that point. So uh, then it's going to be spread out 68 million for another 10 years after that. So it's not like he's getting 680 immediately. It, it also softens the blow for the Dodgers. So that helps them out. Mm -hmm. Um, And what in 10 years, 68 million is going to be worth what? Like probably 45, 50 today. Well, you know, you know, that money's already sitting in a, in a, in a savings or something. So by the time it comes, it's, that's the true. Dodgers are going to end up making but, money in it. But what I'm saying, it works on both parties because one, Otani's not losing that money to taxes initially. So he's, he's covering his inflation on that point. So when you move to another state, you don't have to pay state income tax. Dodgers are also covering their inflation because by the time it gets to 10 years, it's going to be, you know, 50 mil or 45 mil. And then the, the, so and it works is, out both ways. With an increased luxury tax, yeah. it, the current situation every year increases for the record and uh, accounting for inflation, among other things. And, and, so, it, and this, uh, is, this is also unique to baseball with these regional television contracts. So like you, well, look mm-hmm. at, you look at football or college football, they have national contracts. So like that, that contract's due up in thir- 2032 or whatever. They know when there's getting more influx of money. These different regional contracts, oh, we're up in 2028. We know more money there. Look at the the Padres, for example. Yeah. One of the big reasons why they had to dump Soto was because, you know, their their, uh, deal with Bally Sports, which there's there's 14 teams that are affiliated with Bally Sports. And and the the Padres actually had to take a $50 million loan yeah, uh, because of the money that they lost the, through the yeah, their owner died, so. and it's like, oh yeah, so now it's like they're they're screwed. Yeah, but you you look at the you look at the ownership in LA and and their majority owners or well, even my and they minority have, owners. They have the there there are some brilliant minds there. Like this and they have very well thought out, very well played. Uh, and, I mean, they're they're killing it. And they have the TV contract that brings in hundreds and hundreds of millions mm-hmm. of dollars. But Raj, uh, hit on the one aspect of this deal that he can actually opt out with. Did do you you know that 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 point? Yeah, it's very interesting. But he can opt out if any of the club execs leave, or um, you know, basically are. I think it it may say there um uh you know it, it kind of if the owner or the general manager the manager the team he can opt out of the deal which is interesting i mean he can uh it just brings it begs all sorts of questions you know other people trying to get friedman god knows but um i can't see him opting out but like you said i mean he, he could he has that flexibility and this is a guy that makes, you know, roughly 40 to 50 million in sponsors. He had 22 sponsors, or sorry, 17 sponsors as of last year, the most by far of any baseball player. Um, 
you name it, New Balance, we know, Fanatics, Tops, Mitsubishi, Japan Airlines, Seiko, uh, on and on and on. And that was with the California Angels. Yeah, right, right, right. I I want you to touch on this. You're from Southern California. I live there. Where does the Angels rank on Southern California sports teams? Like maybe 12? Um, Yeah, definitely. I mean, and that's another thing. Just because you have Otani, they had Mike Trout, arguably two of the greatest players in the game, both in their Mm -hmm. prime. And they didn't do shit because of terrible ownership, terrible stadium. I mean, I'm not going to go down the list, but the Clippers are ahead of them. Others, LAFC probably does more in attendance. And, you know, maybe the LA Galaxy are in that area, but way past USC, UCLA, multiple sports. Um, Even the Raiders are higher and they're in Vegas. So, yeah, um, you know, the Chargers are higher and they don't (laughs) even have that many fans. So, yeah, I mean, they're – they're an empty franchise. I, 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 th- I, I, I lived in Southern California for five years. I saw I, – I, I once tried to count. I think I saw five Clipper hats, and I think I saw one Angel hat. They got cooler, cooler graphics and stuff the Clippers do, but Angels are now like Orange County's bandwagon team. But when they play the Dodgers, it's still 90% blue. But anyways – you know, the last thing I'll say is I do think this is a unicorn situation with a player who, yeah, this is second major elbow surgery. He was out because of an oblique. Um, but Anaheim, I'll call him Anaheim forever. They pitched him over 130 innings each of the last three years. He played 150 games plus the last two years. Um, they misused him and abused him because of their shitty roster. Um, he may come back to pitching in 2025. Uh, but uh, again, just a because he's an international phenom, because he's beloved all over the world, you know, and because of these endorsements, he can defer this compensation. He's, uh, you know, a two-time unanimous MVP. Um, just statistically on both sides of the play, second lowest batting average against, uh, one of the highest wars ever. I mean, these are historical numbers dating back decades. This dude's in the conversation. Uh, I saw one that, like, Barry Bonds and Randy Johnson – we're only ahead of him in one of the metrics. And, of course, Bonds cheated and Johnson was eight feet tall. But it, it, it's a unicorn deal all the way around. This is the most desired created since A-Rod. It really is, you know. And, and you know, this, this with deferred, you know, L.A. had already deferred with Betts and with Freeman. If the Braves had deferred more, they probably would have gotten Freeman. Freeman fired his representatives because they didn't come up with that idea. Many teams have done it for years. Um, it's the law says there's no limitations as of now, so it's within the rules. I just I couldn't believe the two million either. He's a unicorn. It's a unicorn deal. Um, I I don't think we're going to see anything like this for quite a while. Um, he, because of Anaheim, he wants to win, and he wants to win now. Um, and and that's all. That's bit to print when it comes to Shohei Atani and I'm thrilled and ecstatic and they have room to make deals like they just did for glass now. Um, so we'll see. Uh, it's a long season. It matters who's hot in October, not in the off season, but moving on, let's get into the NFL. And of course we'll have to start with Tom, uh, whose Detroit lions have what lost two out of the last three, I believe, or, uh, they're in my notes, three out of the last four, but also not coincidentally CJ, Gardner Johnson's been out, and 
Mr. Mutant Genes, as they call him, what's the update on him? He's been medically cleared to return to practice, and all indications are he will start next week against the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, what effect? What about you know? People say he's been out. Well, Chicago's a bad matchup for them for multiple reasons, but also you know Frank Ragnall was out, and there was a critical fumble exchange. Mm-hmm. It was thirteen thirteen late in that game that that yep. after. A, Chicago score went another score. Um, they have some critical injuries at bad spots. What's the rest of this team look like? Well, they they were without their left tackle or their left guard for uh, several weeks. Jonah Jackson, he comes back, and Ragnow's been kind of hindered with some injuries the past two years. Uh, he's got some toe issues, so and and he's. You know, outside of Jason Kelsey, he's he's one of the league's top centers, and it, it makes you really realize the importance of that uh, the center quarterback exchange. So he's he was out last week, and you could kind of tell because uh, um, uh, the the backup was was terrible. He had a bad snap on on an extra point attempt. Um, so. That's been an issue. Secondary's been an issue, uh, mainly because you got to put, um, oh, their their corner. Um, uh, his name escapes me. He's uh, number twenty three. I uh, can't think of his name uh, off the top of my head. Jerry Jacobs. Jerry Jacobs. Jerry Jacobs has been uh, kind of pushed into the lineup. He's played all season. He's got four interceptions on the year, but. He's good for two to three pass interferences a week. So now you can input Gardner Johnson back into that secondary, which I think is a huge reason why the Eagles are having so many struggles because he was with the Eagles last year and their secondary was lights out. Um, We lost him in in week two. Actually, he played the whole game with a uh, bicep uh, separation. So – um, having him back will will kind of fire up a lot. I think it's going to free up Brian Branch. Uh, it's going to allow them to uh, play a little different scheme. And hopefully you get uh, Isaiah Bugs back in the center. Hutchinson has looked better the last couple weeks. He's been getting a lot of pressures, uh, but he just hasn't have anybody on that other side. And there's no linebacker. Uh, pushing the uh, the envelope to get uh, rushing on the quarterback. but Two I, sacks, I think... last eight games, both <clears throat> yeah, against it's... the Bears. Critical mistakes yeah. this past yeah. week as well, sure. including an offsides penalty that ended up turning into a 38-whatever-yard touchdown on the next play. Um, and, and you look at the, the turnovers. The last the last month, golf's been a turnover machine. Uh, they've kind of shied away from Montgomery the last couple of weeks. It's just, it just seems like they're trying to force too much. They've been on the road the last two weeks. They're coming home uh, to play a really good Broncos team. So I think this is a really good battle for the lions. I, I expect Ford field to be loud uh, as it always is every week. But um, you know, this, this is a, this is a barometer game for them. Three weeks to go, four weeks to go. You got a three-game lead in the division. I, chances are they're going to, you know, take home the North 
for the first time in 30 years and get a home playoff game. But um, it, it, it's been ugly. And I think the, the injury bug has finally caught up to them. And um, we'll see. We'll see what this team is made of, what this coaching staff's made up, made of. And uh, the talk around here is, you know, and, and, and if anyone's listened or watched this show, uh, my biggest gripe is with the Lions fans. And all you hear on sports radio is we got to get rid of golf. It, he's got to go bring in Hendon Hooker. I, that's the most absurd thing I can ever think of. You, you're going to bring, you want a guy who's never taken a snap in the NFL, who's coming off an ACL. You, you want him to play down the stretch. Good luck. It's just, it's the lunacy of lion fans. Um, that drives me crazy, but uh, you, you got to roll with golf. And, and he's got one more year on his deal. And um, if he's the man, he's got four weeks to prove it. The bandwagon, when you start getting good, certainly uh, creates even more fuzzier expectations when it comes to reality. But, yeah, they got Denver coming up, a team that's won seven of eight. Uh, and the only loss was an end zone interception as time expired with Russell Wilson against Houston. And they've beaten good teams, man. They sl- They slapped Cleveland. They beat Buffalo. They beat Kansas City 24-9. We'll really shut them out. and kind of laid down a game plan for the Chiefs. We're getting to them in a second. Uh, Detroit does play at Dallas Week 17, and that's my next question. Brandon Chain, is Dak Prescott the MVP of the league to this point? Man, he's starting to look like it. Like, I'm even believing. I've been not a Dak fan for – however long he's been on the Cowboys forever. All of us. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just, you know, Cowboys going Cowboy, you know, typical, they get all hyped up. They're America's team. And then Dak does some dumb shit and throws two interceptions and they lose the game <laughs> this year. Not this year. Uh, Dak is, I'm starting to starting to drink the Kool-Aid a little bit on the Cowboys. Um, Man, I I didn't think they would win this last game. And single-handedly, well, not single-handedly, but uh, Dak, Dak was impressive. So I, I really, really like the direction the Cowboys are headed right now. Um, I don't think they have too many injury problems. So I, I think down the stretch here, they're, they're going to be – they're gonna be in good shape, and Dak is definitely top. What, probably two or three in MVP talk right now. I agree, man. And what people don't realize is this is the third overall defense in rushing yardage or in total yardage allowed behind Cleveland and Baltimore, who don't exactly play in the most wide open division. Now this team has the Giants twice and Washington, so it's tough to see. But they've had some pretty good battles, and Robbie. They've won three in a row, including just waxing Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. What's your take on this Dallas team with at Buffalo, at Miami, Detroit, and Washington coming up? What What's a realistic diagnosis or prognosis here? Oh, are you asking did, Robbie? Did Robbie take off on us? I'm yeah, sorry. He, I just yeah, he stepped away. Um, All right. That was for you, Tom, anyways. Uh I mean, the biggest question coming into last week was they haven't played, they haven't beaten 
a playoff caliber team. Well, they did that by beating the Eagles. So um, they're rolling on all cylinders. Dak is is playing good football. I, I I think if there's a there's a part of their game that that they lack, it could be the run game. Tony Pollard has just not stepped up. Uh, like no. I think they had hoped he would, being that mm-hmm. he was always playing second fiddle to Zeke. So uh, that's one aspect that I, I that I think they really want to work on. But you've got Ferguson at tight end. Uh, he's he's stepping up. He's he's looking like a superstar in the making. Um, obviously, yep. Ceedee Lamb is, is is having a just a ridiculous season. But then on the flip side, you have. Um, that defense is just, you know, starting to roam again. Uh, that defensive front could be one of the top five in football. So I like their chances, and their schedule definitely is easy. Uh, I don't want to give up, you know, hopes on uh, week 17 against my Lions, but um, uh, there could be a lot to play for in that game. And coming down to it, they need the the Cowboys need that because they've got two of their last four games are against the Giants, and Tommy Cutlets, boy, he's been playing really well there with the Giants, and they seem to be energized. So, I, I I'm not sure, um, you know if if you know they're going to be up for that, but you know right now you, you like their chances. It's just you've got the the 49ers who have kind of uh, separated themselves. Uh, well above the pack so i'm gonna ask the group a quick question better chance to make the nfc championship dallas or detroit let's go with you tom first dallas or detroit oh i'll probably say the cowboys although they could be a five seed which is is kind of crazy to me so if detroit kind of squeaks in there to, to a a three seed, maybe they get a second home playoff game. I don't know, but I think the Cowboys have a better better shot at this point. Robbie, Detroit, Dallas, better chance. Uh, Cowboys by far. Uh, right now, they've got Dak doing one, two, three throw. It's impossible to get pressure on him the way he's seeing defense. This West Coast offense is flowing right now. It's dangerous. Can- uh, can we uh, talk about Dak and his? Here we go. <laughs> his It's the new Omaha, right? <laughs> yes, it is. And he said he wanted to get something that that people would kind of take and run with, and that would have a kind of its own legs in popular culture. So thanks for that, Tom. I was yeah, trying yeah, not yeah. to score there. Um, uh, Chain Dallas or Detroit. Uh, Dallas, for sure. Detroit seems to be somewhat injuries are kind of bugging them a little bit, and and they're they're kind of on the downslide a little. Uh, as you know, the reverse is Dallas is on the upslide. So um, these teams were flopped in the beginning of the the season this year. Dallas started off kind of slow and sluggish. Lions looked great. Lions looked like a playoff team. And just like baseball, doesn't matter how good you are during the season, you get to the playoffs. It's who's hot, hot. and healthy. 
hot yeah. and healthy. And and speaking of a team that's not, by the way, Dallas is three and three on the road. Road road record is huge to me, especially in the NFL. Um, and Detroit's five and two. Others are five and one, like Baltimore, San Francisco, five and two. So something to consider if they're not in Jerry World, uh, they certainly play differently. But going to a team who is not healthy and not hot and what has scored less than 20 points, uh, what their last, I can't even, I was going to count how many games and now they have Karen on the sidelines. Robbie, give me the state (laughs) of the Kansas City Chiefs and tell me why and tell the world why I called Mahomes Karen, even though it's like he's married to one also. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, as you know, uh, I have – I drafted Kelsey number two overall in my fantasy league. Um, there's been a huge distraction that we all know of in this locker room, this social media, everything. Uh, I think it's your favorite artist of all time, isn't it? it yes, yes. This is, this, is, this, is, this is worlds colliding. Um, Taylor <laughs> Swift – is both I'm both proud of her for the year she's having and she's ruining my year and the Chiefs year at the same time. Um so you you can't be proud of somebody uh, you rub one out to, by the way. I don't think that works. But sorry, go ahead. You were saying those worlds colliding though, but so real quick, you talked about it, Tom did too. Just Wait, the, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Well, no, we go back to that comment. You can't be proud of someone, but, well, or is that that? No, that, no, we're, we're gonna leave. We're gonna uh, move on no, no, from that. No, one, no, no, but, no, no, no. But no, no. But what you're talking about is, uh, yeah. So obviously there was the uh, over the line off the offsides call, and then uh, yeah, Travis or uh, Patrick Mahomes lost it. Why? The, this was the first what? time he lost it because. He knows for the first time in his career, um, he's not going to get his team's not the best. Yeah, it's going to be a struggle now getting there, and then like his invulnerability is going to be called into question. And also, I think he's married to not the most famous person in the room, and that's a whole different. But I do think there is legit locker room drama in Kansas City. He slammed his helmet down like a princess, like it was all about me, and then started yelling at the ref. Tom and Brandon, you both know why it was so ridiculous. Basically, what happened is, as a receiver, you need to check in down with the side judge to make sure you're not offsides. Kadarius Tony checked in, but then turned his head. It's a formality, but he didn't wait to see the response. It was offsides. It was clear on a huge touchdown trick play, but Mahomes threw a fit. Was he throwing a fit because, hey, we're the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. We just had a trick play. This is sports entertainment. What the hell's your problem? Or I don't think was, it was a trick play, though. I think it was improv. Mm. It was I think improv, it was improv. But regardless, yeah. it was a spectacular play that's going to yeah. generate millions of views and be on the Sports Center top 10. Was he mad at the ref because he had the audacity to call that on that play? Is that what? Why was he yelling at the ref when it was clear? Brandon, Tom, what I, I saw a guy who thinks he's above the law. Like when I looked at it, like just clip wise on Twitter, um, why was he yelling at the ref? It wasn't it clear he was offsides. I, I think it was a culmination of the season, and that play set him over the edge. 
He's never been. It's like a. It's like a kid who's never been told no, and for the first time in his life, no, you can't have that. And they they don't know how to handle it. He's always been on the right side of a lot of decisions, a lot of calls. Look no further than the Super Bowl last year, the 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 game winning play that they called a hold on James Bradbury of the Eagles, which was very very suspect. Um, he's been the recipient of a lot of very, very questionable calls. Uh, so this is the first time in his career that a, the team seems to be spiraling and B, uh, the losses, the home losses now their second home loss. Um, so in just the way that, that, that the season has played out thus far, um, it was all wrapped up into one and, and and he lost his he lost his marbles uh you know with that and 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 what i don't like is how he seemed to take it out on josh allen and and the the response from josh allen was just kind of like dude i he kind of looked at him like this guy's lost his shit so but um uh, it, it, it i think it's a it's a look inside of chiefs nation right now it, it, it's not looking good Shane, why has this team been so easy to diagnose? Why are they averaging 18 points? Their last two games, one win in the last four was against the Raiders. 17 points against Philly, 21 and a win against Miami, nine points against Denver. What has happened since week eight? Well, what has happened is they traded away Tyreek Hill. Um, when you combine Kelsey over the middle, can cut up anything throughout the middle, out route, whatever, and then you can stretch the field with Tyreek Hill. That is one of the most dangerous dynamic offenses like you can't plan for. Like they're just – they don't even run route. They just find space. They have zero route. Like it's all option routes on them. They just run free and Patrick Mahomes finds – it's like backyard football. Like, that's all it is. Yep. So now you lose the speedster. Um, now we're subject to Kadarius Tony, uh, who can't apparently line up on sides. And, um, you know, and they thought he was going to be the one this year. After, so, like, his super athletic session. dude. Super athletic dude. Um, can't catch the damn ball, but... I. I don't, I don't know him personally, and you know, I'm gonna make a reckless speculation here, but I, I think he might be about equal with a bag of rocks on the brain level. <laughs> so uh, we'll just leave that at that. Uh, but allegedly, look, allegedly, allegedly, you know, reckless speculation here. It's all yeah. speculation. Um, look, I get where Mahomes is coming from. Yes. He has been on the right side of a lot of those calls, but statistically, an offensive offsides, you there are so many times you can call that, and it's never called. And There's I get one, where he's one in the Monday night game. I I get that to make and, up for Sunday. Yeah, yeah, no so, joke. So you see, you know, I get that point, but also by the letter of the law. He was blatantly offsides, whether it be two inches of, of his foot over the line, you know, that little blue line or whatever they were showing on TV. That's all, you know, 
It's a it's a roundabout. Yeah, a it's, roundabout. It's a but it, yeah, if you pause it and you look down the line, he he was over one. So that that was a easy call. And you know, was it on Kadarius Tony to be kind of a just turn your head like I know I'm good kind of deal, or you know what was that all about? Because you're as a receiver, you're taught that's it, it doesn't matter where you stand as long as the side judge says you're good doesn't matter you can be two feet over a line if side judge says you're good doesn't matter um but to turn your head in that kind of blatantly disrespecting and a mm-hmm. huge play so there, there's a whole lot of factors i mean we can speculate all day long that's what we do on the show um but do i think kansas city's in trouble uh, they're definitely hurting in wide receiver but they're they still have a ton of talent uh pacheco comes back That'll open up a little bit more. That'll soften the defense a little bit. Um, just McKinnon and, and Clyde Allaire, they just can't. They don't have the, the speed and, and the wherewithal that, that Pacheco does. So they, they don't really pose a threat. Um, so you see a lot of nickel, dime, cover twos, uh, you know, trying to cover Kelsey. So I think the Chiefs will be fine, but yeah, they they're not going to get a home playoff game probably, and you know they got they got a little road to climb here. A lot of nickel and dime, like you said, and you know I think they expected. You know it looked like Kadarius Tony, uh, Richie James, Sky Moore, a second round pick, McCall mm-hmm. um, Hardman Jr. looked like he was ready to be the guy. He got on IR. Um, they're they're getting. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Justin Watson, the tall white dude from Penn in the fifth round. Um, Justin Ross, undrafted from Clemson. MVS, we thought he was going to be an instant, ready to take the next level. Uh, kind of reminds me of Martavius Bryant. Um, just really done nothing. Um, Rashi Rice, the second rounder from uh, SMU, he's by far been their best player. But he had um, a bad fumble. Bad, bad fumble. fumble. In the uh, bad fumble, and that's the issue with Kadarius Tony. He can't catch. Um, yeah. and then on top of that, you got an offensive line that, um, you know, Wanya Morris, former Tennessee Vol, who transferred, uh, started for Donovan Smith, who's uh, uh, along with Tooney and Crumpley, the uh, Creed Humphrey, the left side of their line is is everything, but their tackles right now are Wanya Smith and and Jawan Taylor, and 18 pressures were. Registered against Mahomes last week by Buffalo, who was 23rd, I believe, in in pass rushing, uh, in, in pressures and hurries. So their uh, teams are coming after him now too. So he has nowhere to throw it. Like, he why has would you not come after to throw it? Can this be fixed, Brandon Chain? I mean, outside of him throwing it in the receiver's helmet and it getting stuck. I don't think so <laughs> because they can't catch. They can't run routes. Mahomes hasn't changed. Kelsey hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. It's everything around him that's changed. Uh, Andy Reid's schemes hasn't changed. This is, this is the same old shit, you know, just there's zero wide receiver. And when you don't, when you like Tyreek Hill, he's my MVP of the NFL. Like, look at what he's doing in, in Miami and look what happens when, when he misses a few plays or like how has to come out of the game has to come out of the game and, and look how bad Kansas city is missing him this year. 
because outside of that, I mean, they're they're an easy favorite to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. We're about to get to Millhouse and uh, the Miami Dolphins, uh, but uh, the last thing I'll say um, on on Kansas City. Well, actually, I'm going to save that. Um, let's actually move on. You brought up Miami. Uh, how do you go from looking like the best team in the NFL to just losing an inexplicable game, Robbie Davis? I know you're a Titans fan, but even you had to be shocked by that. Um, now, keep in mind, Miami – now, Mike Vrabel is an amazing coach, and Shane, we're gonna, I'm going to ask you about him and his tendencies later. But Miami had seven points in the first half. They were defensive. But – I know you guys were thinking, here we go again, and then Tennessee wins the game. And 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 Tyreek came back. What the hell happened? Um, this was a weird game, and it was just one of those things where um, Miami kept just messing up and just playing uh like our our the Titans pass rush kept getting to Tua, and it's like it shouldn't have because it was four on five. It kept getting to him, and then just, you know, mistakes. And a team that's going for first place, the number one seed overall in the AFC, to be up 14 with, I think, four minutes left, four and a half, to lose that game. Uh, at home. Yeah, at home. It's, it's huge. To, to a team that was four and eight before that, and rookie quarterback – uh, really, no, an old receiver, and uh, yeah, Tyreek Hill got hurt, but yeah, there, there was a difference when Tyreek Hill was in there, he could carve out the defense. But even like if you're going for the number one seed at home, you can't lose that game to the Titans, no, mm-hmm. and. You know, Tennessee scored with 240 left in the game to make it 27 21. Uh, Miami barely held the ball because Derrick Henry scored, or did they turn the ball over? I can't remember. Four plays, 64 yards in 26 seconds with a running team with Will Levis as your quarterback. Miami consistently demonstrated an inability to move the ball when they had to, to get a first down. And quite frankly, to me, to, uh, reminds me of Dak. Is that a fair comparison, Tom? I, I don't see it there. I don't see a guy that's going to win a Super Bowl. I see a guy who's going to get you right there and then yeah. make a mistake. Well, I mean, you can say the same thing like Brandon said with Tyreek Hill with Kansas City. He came out of that game, and that offense looked very, very predictable. And yeah, he came back and he admitted he probably shouldn't have. So he was he was the not explosive Tyreek Hill. I think you have that ability to he's almost like a security blanket or a bailout. Um, you just if you can get it downfield, he's gonna go get it. He's a weapon. And I agree, Brandon. He's he's the MVP, and he proved it by the way Miami played this week when he wasn't on the field. Um Tua, I think, has lost his ability to scramble. Uh, he would take drop the or uh, pull the ball down and take off running. Uh, his his concussion issues 
have really had him rethinking his his you know quarterback strategy. He was very apprehensive to take off with the ball, and I think that limits him. And when the offensive line isn't producing and he doesn't have Tyreek there to kind of save him, uh, it, it makes a difference. So I think it's a good comparison because, you know, on the flip side, you look at Dak Prescott. He's been apprehensive to run since he, you know, split his ankle in two, uh, two seasons ago. So uh, the mindset of their their positioning and, and the way they play the game has changed. Um, so it, you you don't really worry about them taking off. The, the threat is there. Uh, their, their ability to do so has changed. So um, they, he could probably get them to the edge. Uh, but get them over the edge. Uh, we got a huge battle in four weeks between the Dolphins and the Bills uh, that don't look now, but the East could be on the line uh, if all goes well with Buffalo. So Miami better be careful because they're in they're in a, uh, the same boat as Detroit. Uh, they could sink real fast if they're not careful. They've had crucial injuries specifically – the freak, J- Jalen Phillips, who you got to feel for out of UCLA and the U, and then Jerome Baker, the quarterback of that defense. Um, and I saw a team that wasn't physical. And that brings me to my uh, last point on Miami. Uh, Robbie Davis, I know you're also a fan of hard knocks. Is Mill, I call him Millhouse, Mike McDaniels. Um, is he more Josh McDaniels or Bill Belichick? And not like as the greatness of Belichick, but. Is this a lifetime coordinator or a guy that they can win with? Because, I, I I, mean, I didn't see a guy inspiring. Again, this is a clip from a show of a show, right? Like, But is this the guy? Can they win a Super Bowl with him? Or is he an ideal offensive coordinator? What's your take on Millhouse? So I think the locker room has to be right. I don't think he is a Sean Payton or Bill Parcells that can go anywhere and win. I think he has to have the right locker room, and he may or may not have it in Miami, but Mm -hmm. you walk into – let's say he follows Bill Belichick um, or um, the guy in Houston – it's not going to work. Like, I think he's a quirky guy. Like, maybe he could, like, the, uh, uh, oh, uh, the guy that, that took Hasselback to the Super Bowl in Seattle, uh, Sherman, uh, or was it Mike Sherman? Mike Sherman. No, no, it was, uh, um, he was a Packers coach in the Green Bay, or Green Bay coach in the Seattle coach. Uh, anyways. Yeah, it was Sherman. Sherman. That, that rings a bell. Yeah, yeah. So, so someone like that, a little quirky, that can follow someone like that. But I don't know if he fits everywhere. I'm not sure he fits anywhere, but he may fit Miami, and we'll see how it works this this year. I, I agree that you kind of need flair and offensive firepower and guys that love his inventiveness and strategy. Um, you know, Hill, Waddle, Barrios. Uh, A-Chain, I can't ever pronounce his name. Who, who, who's got – hey, Raj, who's got Arizona that was – that flamed out? Uh, oh, Cliff Kingsbury. Cl- Kingsbury. Oh, yeah. Cliff Kingsbury, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 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 so McDaniel, it's 
kind of like that, but maybe a little smarter. Yeah, I mean, they looked like a perfect match and yeah. run to the Super Bowl and everything, and then the wrong thing happens. I agree with you. Uh, finally, you know, I saw a team that wasn't tough, and he couldn't bring them back. It's unfair to put it all on him, but let's go to a team that the window is closed. How much – well, first, Brandon, why is Mike Vrabel so good? Why do opposing coaches hate playing against the Titans – and and what's his future like? Is he going to be there in two years? Oh, 100%, 100% he'll be here. Um, Mike Vrabel is a grinder. He is he is very um, – he's such a student of the game, and he, he can exploit his strengths and hide his weaknesses in tough games like this. And, and you look at when, when, especially when we're at home, this was a surprise, obviously, on the road. Um, but I'll, I'll get to that here shortly, why I think that changed. But um, at home, we're always the underdog against some of these big names like that. And he, he finds a way, he grinds it out. And uh, he's, a, he's a brilliant coach coming from the Belichick, you know, Parsons tree, that that whole system. I mean, these guys just know how how to win, know what it takes to win, and know how to exploit strengths in your team, um, and, and lean on that. So we go to this game. All they did. This was a very simple defense, which I'm sure it was Vrabel influenced, uh, but a lot of credit to Shane Bowen too. Um, a lot of nickel dime, you know, kind of a four, three base nickel dime packages coming in there, keep everything in front, let them try and run the ball. Do not give up big plays to Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle and keep everything in front. And that, that really worked. It really did for a lot of it till probably the end of the third quarter when Tyreek came back after he was hurt. He had two big plays, um, chunk plays, which we were trying to avoid. And they got all the way down to like the, you know, five or six yard line. But you look at our red zone defense. When it came down to it, we we held them to field goals for the most part, aside from the turnover, you know, the last end of the fourth quarter, whenever they, you know, we turned it over and they scored quickly. Uh, but defense was strong. Defense was really, really strong. Uh, so I, I give a lot of credit to Vrabel for just relying on the guys in the front and cover two, nickel, package, uh, keep everything in front. Uh, not a whole lot of man, a lot of zone, a lot of read. That's why they were able to run the ball, but we weren't worried about them running the ball that much. So uh, that really didn't affect us. Uh, it, it was just a great – scheme and uh, again just credit to Vrabes on that whole game plan because it worked you know a couple things had to bounce our way you know Taze Sharp catching the ball and then fumbling out of bounds could have easily went fumble inbounds turnover and you know that's ball game but a couple of bounces our way that game plan against a, a team that is better than us on paper um Good win for the Titans. 
Uh, in the interest of time, I agree entirely that that's a team that takes on the personality of their coach and their star player, Derrick Henry. Um, just a, a, a dark alley team. Uh, interest of time, I don't want to do top five from everyone. I want to give you mine and see if anybody has some big, big issues here. Um, I got San Francisco at number one. I went with Baltimore at number two, uh, at 10 and three as well. Uh, and, and that's because of defense. Um, Lamar Jackson, playmakers when they need it, head coaching. Um, and, and I just thought they were more stable than three who I have is Philadelphia, even though they lost badly. I think when they get right, I trust them and Jalen Hurts more than number four. The Dallas Cowboys, all four of these teams are 10 and three. And then at number five, I still went with Miami, although you can make an argument for Detroit. At nine and four, just like Miami for Denver at seven and six, who's one six and seven for the Chiefs, who are the Chiefs. Um, what do you guys think? How does my top five stack up? I, I think right now Dallas is playing better football than the Eagles. I agree. Um, After just smoking them, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, if it came down to it, I kind of changed the context, the nature of that. For that pick only, because I just feel weird putting Dallas ahead of Philly, no matter what. And but, I, and, and I think I, they're they're playing better than the Ravens, um, specifically quarterback play. So, um, but other than that, I think it's Miami at five as long as Tyreek Hill is healthy. Uh, Agreed. And if if not, then uh, I'd slide Detroit in there, even though that makes me want to puke. But, or um, Denver, depending yeah. on who wins this game, man. That, or that or here's here's a reckless speculation How about Buffalo. I, I I think this is a very very um they're sitting at seven and six, but I think the ceiling for them is very high. Unfortunately, they've dug themselves in a huge hole, so I don't know if they can recover from that. But right now, man, they look good. They look good. So we'll see. But yeah, yeah, real know, quickly. Francisco, yeah. I've got Dallas, San Fran, Baltimore, Miami, Detroit, Jacksonville. You have Dallas ahead of San Francisco. Tell us why. This three-step drop that they've got Dak on, they they look damn good. Like they just look the, the and San Francisco looks good too, but Dallas looked really, really good. Sunday night. Here's a team to watch out for, and that's the Rams. And I know we all love Stafford, uh, Puka, Coop Cup, Higby, who did not play last week. Um, Kyron Williams, who I had picked up in my bigger money league, and it was a limited spot bench. And it was the week before he went active, and I had to drop him, and then I didn't get him back, and that really pissed me off. Uh, but anyways, that's a team that at 6-7, and seven, though, they end with Washington at home. The Saints at home, at the Giants, all winnable games, and then at the 49ers, who may have locked everything up by then. Is this yep. a team that could do some damage, Tom? What What do you think of the Rams going forward? I think if they would have won last week, now you're 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 looking at um, kind of owning their own destiny. That was a bad loss. That hurt. Um, I, they played really well in, in, in Baltimore in a place that uh, most NFC teams go to die. Uh, and they hung with them in the force overtime. So, um, but that 
loss. That's seven losses on the year. That's going to be tough. But if if they were to squeak their way into the playoffs, yeah, you have an experienced quarterback. You have uh, Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, who are are you know a hell of a tandem. And then you've got Aaron Donald on the other side of the ball. So uh, they have potential to make noise. I'm not sure if they can uh, recover from last week's loss. So time will tell. They 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 can't afford another loss. I know that. It hurt, but when you go to Baltimore and you play them neck and neck and you lose on a 76-yard punt return halfway mm-hmm. through the overtime, um, the, to me there is a kind of like, all right, we can play with any of these fools. Right. Um, so they could easily win those last four, especially if the Niners are already clinched. But um, I'm going to switch it over to you, Tom, because – this conversation, we were going to talk about coaches and coaching changes and the drama and not just the usual, although we are going to hit on the usual, uh, the great ones. Nick Saban is going to retire. Bill Belichick in New England's future. But um, I wanted to go to Tom because Michigan has basically been at the forefront of the coaching world with all the drama lately. And I'm going to start with you, let you host the rest of the show, actually. Uh, because I read today that Nick Saban, starting off, who may or may not retire, hired uh, a former Michigan linebacker coach two weeks before the Rose Bowl. What What is that story? And then tell us about Michigan's drama and also into New England, please, and and, and Saban and, and basically all the, the big-name coaches with – with, with all the storylines floating around him. Well, yeah, Saban goes out and hires Michigan's linebacker coach, who's been there for the last two seasons, um, and he's going to start in the bowl game, which is very interesting to me. Very interesting to me that um, there would be a coach on a team that's playing against the team that he's going to get hired. I'm surprised Harbaugh um, allowed that to happen, not to say that that he had much of a choice. But um, to me, it's interesting, uh, and, and it kind of says, does Alabama think highly of Michigan's uh, defense for them to go out and, and, and kind of poach the, the coach from them? He's not the active linebacker coach, right? Like he left the year before, it's Chris Partridge, but still yeah. – it, right, it's a right. guy ingrained in He's a guy that knows the schemes. philosophy. Yes. He knows the schemes, he knows the players, uh, and he can definitely uh kind of plug in his ideas to, to Saban uh to avoid some of those linebackers who's who have played really well this year. Michigan's defense has been been uh pretty solid. So um interesting move. Uh there's a lot of a lot of questions uh, being risen around here uh, about that decision. So um, we're going to see. We're going to see uh, pretty quick if it if it paid off for uh, Nick Saban. But you know, back to you know Nick Saban. It came out this week that uh, I don't know how legit this Twitter page is, but it certainly raised some eyebrows with. Uh, college football fans everywhere, uh, Alabama football fans, that uh, this could be it for Nick Saban. Uh, he does have frustrations with NIL in the direction that college football is going. So um, there will be an end 
date for Nick Saban. Um, Brandon, is 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 this a big deal or is this just kind of smoke and mirrors? Uh, allegedly, ESPN has a contract. It was talked about this week on the McAfee show. It was hinted. Uh, there was not a definitive answer. Uh, but how big is this potentially? I mean, it'd be huge for Alabama and, and their team for sure. You know, who are you going to get to replace Nick Saban? Like, he's the GOAT, right? Um, but all good things come to an end, and eventually he's got to go or retire. Um, yes, I agree. Uh, NIL has leveled the playing field, uh, and I think he's upset about that because he, he was such a great recruiter and such a great coach. And I feel like he, you know, behind the scenes maybe thought he should be the only one paying players, not NIL. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. just yeah. kidding. Uh, they are paid players. So now sure they're not. But now, you know, now the, the playing field's leveled and we we're seeing this in the transfer portal combined with NIL. It's a freaking wild, wild west chaos, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. there's, you know, probably 3000, 4000 kids in the transfer portal right now. Like, just crazy. And these are kids, you can't stack teams like you used to, like Saban used to, right? You mm -hmm. can't have three first-string lines, right? <laughs> now, the second string that doesn't get to play, they're going to go make a million dollars at, you know, Notre Dame or somewhere else and, and get to start <laughs> and get to play. So, that changes or, things. So he, and he's or, pissed off. That's just, you know – Saban is a creature of habit. He eats two oatmeal cookies and has a cup of coffee. Debbie cakes. Time. Debbie cookies. <laughs> two yeah. Debbie cookies. I know. Yeah. <laughs> the oatmeal little Debbie cookies. I know. I, I eat them a lot. I love those things. Uh, but he, he takes decisions out, and he's a man of, of habit, and this is screwing up his chi, and he is not happy about it. So could I see him going after this year, it, especially if they win the national championship? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. Robbie, you're the you're the lone SEC rep here. Uh, if he does leave, does that change the landscape of SEC football? One hundred percent, it does. This is a guy who has towered over the SEC. Look, in <laughs> I was I'm on I'm on Wikipedia page right now in. 17 years at Alabama, he's lost or 16 years at Alabama, he's lost 18 games. Yeah. Like that that really? that's insane. Like insane like you say oh the, or people say the SEC is the toughest conference or he's dominated it. And like you say it, Robbie. Don't don't No, no. You don't every, have to sugarcoat it. <laughs> uh, everyone says it. But <laughs> Uh, it, it's true. I mean, it, what we win, what, what, 14 of the last 17? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. we want to keep it do, moving. Do we want to turn the fine bomb show? The oh, fine bomb show? We don't uh, want to do that, do we? We don't want to turn the fine no, bomb show. Please, please don't. But, uh, no, no. I mean, when he goes, if it's this year, if it's next year, uh, who's going to follow that? Like, like mm. you just don't. Like, because, uh, SEC fans in general are, are insane. 
And so is Michigan, Ohio State, and you guys are USC is the only fan base that's capable of winning and losing and not caring. But, uh, um, you know, SC, Alabama fans are going to want to win every single year, and they're not going to again. Like, this is not going to be replicated. It's just not. And yeah. so it's going to be a revolving door around there. They're going to keep – they're going to be the dumpster. No, yes, no. they're going to be the dumpster. No, no, I'm going that far. I'm going that far. They are going to keep – they're going to be Auburn. They're going to keep firing coaches, firing coaches, because you want what you had. It's like the, it's like the heroin effect. Like they were going to want what they had. They're not going to get it because no one can do this again. Like, it just can't be done. Well, and it, it, it's not the same playing field either no. anymore. Right, so right, now yeah. it's like that will never be replicated because of that yes. in itself, right? Like, just because of that. It can mm-hmm. never even be attempted. So no, that, yeah, yeah. Nick, 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 Nick couldn't come in and do what he has done over this seventeen-year period again. Not in this no. new no. age college no. football. There's well, nobody I, that can do that. NIL has, uh, and the transfer portal, like you said, Brandon. If this kid gets recruited out of high school, uh, he wants to play now. And if he sits for one year, he's gone. And and I think that's the state of college football. Whether uh, right, wrong, or or indecisive, who knows? Uh, I, the direction for me personally, I, I it, it's definitely no longer uh, an amateur sport. Yeah. You have rumors of Marvin Harrison Jr. getting NIL deals in excess of twenty five million. Um, the same can be said about Caleb Williams potentially coming back to uh, rumor has it Ohio State. Um, so it's also taken a, a, a new life in a sense that kids that were destined for the pros are staying in because they can make more money a la Blake Corum uh, to stay in college. But um, mm-hmm. it, it's crazy. And, and I think some of the old time coaches – uh, see it and and they don't like the way it's going and they know that uh, especially with Nick Saban that the, the pattern is going to change but um, so oh, go ahead Robbie oh yeah well I was, I was thinking about myself being in college uh, I, I was 23 when I graduated college and uh, if you gave me 23 year old me you said hey here's a hundred thousand dollars, whatever, or fifty thousand, or back then twenty five thousand dollars to go another year and just hang out. Or mm-hmm. here's a hundred thousand dollars to work. What are you going to take? I mean, hey, I'll just check yeah. this twenty five thousand dollars out one more year and see how it goes. That hundred thousand dollars is going to be there. Like it, it, it's just more money, but it's the same kid philosophy. Yeah. And you know yeah. the, the you know they're not going to classes. I mean, no. oh, uh, you yeah. know dang well they're not going to classes. So even uh, they were talking about that. And Mac, Pat McAfee, he was like, "School, like what? School? What are you talking about? School? Yeah. These yeah, kids yeah. go to school? Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, 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 well. And you, the the NCAA versus UNC just showed that. They're like, no, they don't go to school, and we don't care about that either. It's just no. nothing. No, it's a, money, it's, a it's a business. It's a money thing. And like we said, you know, everything has changed in college football and you'll never see another dominant team for this many consecutive no. seasons 
I think Georgia was witnessed. Georgia may this have is, been it's the, the end last of it. run. Yep. It's the yeah, end of yeah. it. I agree. It will it will change. Georgia's going to lose three games next year. If y'all saw the SEC schedule release, yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah. And Florida is F-U-C-K. Wait, wait till college football starts deferring NIL payments and transferring tax states and all that stuff, <laughs> like uh, LA. Then, then that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> well, here's another possible end of an era. Okay, yeah. Uh, news came out. For Tom Curran, who's a New England Patriot beat writer, uh, per NES, NESN, New England Sports Network, uh, said it's already in the, it's been done. They're planning on parting ways. Uh, here's another situation where you never thought this day would ever come, but we're on the doorstep of quite possibly one of the greatest coaches to ever play or coach in the NFL. Um, which some might say that was a Tom Brady, but nonetheless, Bill Belichick, he's got what, six rings, seven rings? Uh, he his his career speaks for six. itself. Yeah. Six. Yeah. Um crazy to think that he might be out at the end of the year, but the reality is. He's kind of driven this team into the ground, and I'm glad um, Raj came back because I wanted to ask him. Um, Sorry, he's, thing. he's he's kind of an an old school type of coach, just like Saban. Um, likes to have his hands on pretty much everything. He's he's the GM, he's the president, he's the head coach. Is it time for the end of Bill Belichick? And 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 is he kind of the one to blame? for the direction that the Patriots have gone, seeing that his draft picks have been pretty suspect. So it, 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 without painting a broad brush, is it time for the Patriots to let him go? Is it me? Yes. Oh, I don't think you ever let him go. I mean, I know what you mean. Uh, it, It would never, that terminology could never be used. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if you're looking at that team now, there's nothing there, man. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, in, in terms of promising talent, you kind of, kind of stumbled upon, um, Ramondre, uh, Stevenson. I know he's a fourth round pick, um, out of Oklahoma, one of the few draft picks that's worked out, but, um, you know, has bins at receivers across the board, um, you know, bad tight ends. You got Trent Brown, who might be 80. You know, Chattanooga, right, Rob? Cole Strange at left guard, who uh, has not played exceptionally well. The offensive line at PFF is 23rd this week. He'll get there. De- defensively. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't see – I mean, Jabril Peppers is still – is still there, but I mean, I don't see anything oh, on that's defense. a Michigan boy. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know, but like I, I, I just don't see anything there, and I, I can't believe he's still there. It must be pride, mm-hmm. but you know, it's funny in that last game, Bailey Zappi like ran or El- Ezekiel Elliott ran for what appeared to be the game ending first down. They reviewed it, but Belichick was like, Look, the same way he did when they won the Super Bowl with with Brady hopping on Drew Bledsoe. So 
the passion is still there. Um, you know, his 24th NFL draft, what, just happened, I believe. So it, it, it's a tough situation, man, because I feel like he's looking for gems, looking for the Tom Brady's, the six-rounders. And talent evaluation and things have changed. Football has changed, mm-hmm. and he hasn't. Yep. Um, now, maybe exactly. he'll rehire McDaniels and, and kind of go back <laughs> that route. But as of right now, yeah, there's nothing there. I'm, I mean, he he needs to go off into the sunset, in my opinion. Well, there's there's no question he wants that record. And he's probably, you know, maybe two seasons away with the right team. And I can tell you a team right now – who could potentially be a landing spot for him with my, uh, uh, Josh McDaniels as his offensive coordinator. And they're playing right now, and they're losing 42 to nothing in the first half. That's the so Los the Angeles Chargers uh, down 42 nothing currently in the second quarter to a team that got shut out at home against the Vikings. So I think – Three to nothing. Yeah, three to nothing. There's, I think there's, there's potential for uh, landing spots for him, but um, you know, this is going to be crazy to to see the New England Patriots with a new, you know, a different coach on the sidelines. And and we'll 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 get this real quick. Um, Brandon, uh, is it time uh, for I guess New England to part ways real quick? Man, it like Raj said, it's so hard when you have such a, a legend and a coach like him. But it's adapt or die, and he is still trying to, like you said, find those hidden gems in fifth and sixth and seventh round picks, and it's just not working. You know, it starts the first with rounders have always too. sucked. To be fair, like yeah, 2012, the last year they had. He's all about trading down, trading back, getting, you know, making it up in volume Mm -hmm. and, you know, free agency or whatever. It's just not the case as of late. And, you know, it's easy to point the finger at him. And, but I agree, Raj, you know, right off into the sunset, he's got a house here somewhere in Nashville. Come back to Nashville, him and Saban retire. They're going to run their Mercedes dealership up the road and eat, Ferrari <laughs> Ferrari eat you know oatmeal cookie cream pies and have their coffee and talk about what used to be in football oh, and both of them go out as legends Robbie real quick is it is has the time come to uh say goodbye Bill Parcells was a great coach Bill Belichick is a cheater and got lucky with a quarterback that got him Super Bowls. Bill wow. Belichick, Bill Belichick has a losing record without Tom Brady. Yeah, Bill true. Parcells won everywhere he went. That was the master. Bill Belichick is the peon of Bill Parcells. He absolutely deserves to get separated at this time because he hasn't done anything since Brady. Yeah, you said separated. Should they fire him? No. Oh, hell He'll never be fired. I mean, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, However it, they want to do it. I mean, according to Tom, say. according to Tom Curran in that article, um, don't forget they extended Belichick before the start of the season. Yeah. 
So right. I think uh, Bob Kraft is looking at uh, uh, trading ass- assets and, for and, for him. And, and, and don't forget the they absolutely filmed the Rams in the Super Bowl practices, and the NFL destroyed those tapes. Like that's not questionable. That happened. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's for another show. That's for sure. Quick Along question, with- real quick to you guys. Right now, who would you take, Vilichek or Brable? Raj. Brable. Tom. Mike Brable. I already know your answer, Robbie. I agree. Yep, for sure. Had, it looks like Robbie's frozen up here. Uh, but no, are you guys? Uh, I, know, I was shocked. I, I was. I wasn't frozen. I was shocked. No, <laughs> no. I, I, I think it's a different game. Um, he's still Brable. trying. He's still trying to coach like it's uh, the '90s. Um, so I, I think it's uh, it's 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 time for him to to put it to bed. But uh, fellas, Patriot way is dead. Yeah, yeah. It's never yeah. been. Uh, it's never been. Uh, even the coaching tree is pretty pretty pathetic. I should know. Um, are you guys ready? Yeah, let's do it. It's time for bet your nuts. That's right. It's that time of the week where you get those apps ready because we're going to give you the picks that are get you the money. And we're going to start right here at the Billy Bowl down in Ford Field. The Broncos taking on the Lions. I will be in attendance. Section 333 will be loud and proud, and uh, let's hope we pull this off. Uh, we'll start with uh, Raj. What do you like in this game? Five is too many. Give me the donkeys. Brandon Chain. So, odd random stat. Detroit Lions are 5-1 and one after losing and not covering the spread. Mm. And they're coming home. I like golf at home. I like the Lions here. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Trying to look up the over quickly. Uh, I don't know. Uh, 47 and a half. I like the over here. Uh, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a high scoring game. And I think Detroit Lions cover. Robbie. That was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Give me Denver. (laughs) (laughs) Give me Denver and the points. Oh, wow. You think Denver is going to win? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Russell Wilson and Sean uh, Payton are cooking right now. Detroit's fumbling. They're, they're, you know what? Detroit's doing what Detroit does, and that's well, sad. Because I, I hope I, – I, I want happiness on you, Tom. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. But, well, I'm but, telling you what. I might I might reactivate my uh, FanDuel account because you, you took Denver. I'm going to put my money on – the Pontiac Pussycats. Go Lions. Hey, you don't, you, don't like have to, you don't have to do third party. Brandon can be your bookie. He's got plenty of money. <laughs> yeah, give me the Lions here. Just text me your bets, boys. Yeah. Heading heading out to the, the only game that Mr. Brandon Chain will be in attendance uh, for this year, and it's not. Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to, to see the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I'll be there, too. C.J. Stroud. 
Uh, Tennessee plays. It's yeah, right. Tennessee giving two and a half to the fighting uh, CJ Strouds. Uh, we're going to start with you, Robbie. Who do you like in this one? So I've talked to uh, Derek Henry, you know, several times through the week through my uh, mm. fantasy league, my fantasy ownership, you know, telepathic. Team. He uh, got the fantasy part all right. He's 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 gonna be ready. Dreams. He's gonna be ready. Levis is playing well. Uh, I think Tennessee wins, covers. I think we're about two touchdowns. I I I am I I am I am hyped about this Titans team after Monday night. Wow, (sighs) they're uh, we're really uh. Uh, going with the name of this show tonight. Yeah, it's reckless speculation for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon uh, Chain, Brandon Chain, you you put the PSLs up. Season I tickets did. are are in I question. Um, mm-hmm. This is the only game you're going to see this year. Yeah, um, are you I think gonna I'm going to go to the uh, Christmas Eve game? Too. But oh, okay. Yeah, I think I'm going to go to the Christmas Eve game too. Um, but. There's a lot of factors here for me to attend this game. Um, one is CJ Stroud going to play? He's 50 50 in concussion protocol right now. Uh, and that leads me to the pick. If CJ Stroud does not play, um, Titans win this game easily. I, I would even buy the two touchdowns that Robbie's thrown out. <laughs> if CJ Stroud does play, I think it's going to be a hell of a game. And I think it's going to be a battle. Um, I think the Titans will cover that by three points. I think we win by field goal if Stroud plays. Uh, We're good at home. We're good at home. Exactly. And I I said this before, before we even got to this game. Brable is great at home. He knows how to to exploit his strengths and hide his weaknesses. So I think we'll be good. Uh, But I'd love to see Stroud play here. There's also another factor. There's like 70% chance of rain. Um, I used to be that guy that would not miss a game, rain or shine. <laughs> I haven't been to a game this year. <laughs> I damn sure don't want my first one to be in a downpour. So uh, we'll see. A lot of factors. So I went to pick? a. I'm sorry. He's... What's your pick? Titans? Not... Yeah. I can't let you off that easy. Mm-hmm. I, I give you my pick. Okay. Okay. Titans will win. All right. I went, I went to a meaningless Raiders Titans game last game of the year in the rain, and it was like the worst three hours of my life. Uh, it wasn't that bad, but they didn't have enough bars and seats for the bars inside. Uh, get a new stadium, Tennessee. Um, no, I. <laughs> You want to come pay for it? Yeah, wait. Oh, oh, it was that topic. (laughs) It was a bad joke. Uh, CJ Stroud is in concussion protocol, and this is not a team that is overwhelmingly physical on offense, especially without Pierce, Devin Singletary, and others. Uh, The Tennessee Titans are the wrong team to play when you're not sure if your quarterback's brain is okay. Especially Um, Houston is. Two and four on the road. 
The Titans are four and two at home. I love D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, the Tennessee defense is improving, but I think the public's going to bet this down a little bit just based on their love for the highlights of the Texans. And um, then I'm definitely taking Tennessee, but even at three, I will take uh, Aziz Al Shair and the Tennessee Titans and Harold Landry and stupid Danico Autry, who is a Raider, didn't do shit, and then dominates an Arden Key, who was a Raider, didn't do shit. And uh, has Derek Henry will probably score scored two touchdowns. D'Amico Autry was the best free agent signing we've had in the last three years. Yeah, he went to the Colts after the Raiders kicked ass, and then now he just does sacks for you guys. That's it. So physical well, when, team, wrong time when you put to play the Titans. Big Jeff on the other side, uh, it makes it a little bit easier for D'Amico. Hey, hey, uh, just random question. Brandon, are you still going to be happy to talk about the NFL when you miss the fantasy football playoffs next week? Um, next next question. You're not going to make the playoffs, <laughs> I, too, will take the Titans in, in this one. Uh, moving on, moving on. Cowboys going into Buffalo. Uh, this game, uh, it looks like it's going to be one of the best ones, if not the best of the weekend. Dallas is Dallas. And Buffalo's got second uh, win here. Huge game. One Buffalo can't lose. And one Dallas can't lose if they want any hopes of the one seed or the uh, the East here. So, Raj, I'll start with you. Who do you like here? Damn, I was going to check weather.com, but you went to me first. Um, I wonder if there's a nor'easter blowing through. Um, oh, again, Dallas 7-0 and at home, 3-3 three and three on the road. Um, God, Vegas, two and a half. I... I I don't know. Buffalo just looked better. They they looked responsive for the first time in a long time that when Kansas City did something aside from something stupid, you know, they just kind of battled back and they almost had like a swagger. Um, I know they lost at Philly by three and then hammered the Jets. Um, they've been up and down, but the last three weeks they've looked different. And, and give me Buffalo at home. 48 and a chance of rain in Buffalo. No no snow squalls or anything like that. Uh, so Damn it. Should be an evenly played game. Brandon, who do you like in this one? I'm going to take my beer goggles off here and realize that uh, Dallas is legit this year. Um, I'll take Dallas here for sure. Buffalo has been so sketchy to me. Dallas has been more consistent, um, which is surprising to say. Uh, Buffalo is is hanging on by a thread. Dallas is on a mission. They are. I, I don't see how Dallas loses this game. Robbie. Oh, on this one, guys, I think Dallas is playing the best football of the year. I even though Buffalo's fighting for their life, I like Dallas. Give me give me the points. Mm. I will take Buffalo here. Uh, I like I like kind of the trajectory they're going. Uh, apparently, when you uh, talk about Al Qaeda as uh, as good teamwork, it motivates your team as, as John McDermott did last week before uh, the game. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I have a feeling he won't go that route again. But uh, 
I like I like Josh <laughs> Allen played really well. And how, look at the communication. You, look at the how, communication. How can you just mess up something like that? Like, I, I, like, what's your like? I talk to analogies all the time, and like, how can you fuck that up? Hey, because he's not a, he's not a public speaker. Like some people just clam up when they get in front of public and try and speak and get parents. Yeah, that's part of being a coach, though. Right. We're gonna. <laughs> he go needs a better to... PR person, as well. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so we're gonna head down to Cleveland, where the the newly signed Joe Flacco in his four million dollar contract three mm. weeks ago he was sitting in Kill a lazy, lazy boy. Now he's throwing for three hundred yards. Ridiculous! Just the way the NFL is. This guy's a proven winner. He's won in the playoffs. He's won a Super Bowl. Um, Robbie, the Bears, <laughs> you know what the Bears did to my Lions, even though they look like dog shit too. The Lions dog shit was just a little stinkier. Um, going to, going into Cleveland to face that defense, who do you like? Yeah, Joe Flacco proves the point that there is not 15 people that can do the job of an NFL quarterback. There's just not. Like, like – a guy who's 35, 35 wherever off of couch can come play, and people that train to play can't play, can't play. Mm-hmm. Anyways, nonetheless, um, give me the Bears, I guess. This is Ooh. yeah, I'll take I'll take the Bears. Whatever. Wow. DJ Moore's gonna have a good game. I'm gonna make the playoffs. I'm happy about it. Mm. <laughs> Brandon Chain. <laughs> Brandon's not gonna make the playoffs. No, I'm 100% making the playoffs. Um, you're in question, and so are the Bears in this entire organization. They're, you know, they get number one pick, Justin Fields. He's up, he's down, he's all around. Uh, so is the front office. So is everything about the Bears. The Bear going to Bear. The Browns going to Brown. This is a <laughs> coin flip here of two shitty franchises. Like, what is going on? Um are we even having this conversation? Can we just like change channel and watch another game? Um, but I guess oh. we got to pick. Yeah, I'm <laughs> wait gonna till, wait till the next game. Yeah, uh, God dang it! I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm gonna have to go with the better defense right now, which is the Browns. Um, give me the Browns, Raj. Dude, I'm 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 going with the Chicago Bears. They are suddenly five and eight. They are playing better. Um, the defense is playing better. Guess who is number two in the NFL against the run after San Francisco? The Chicago Bears. Bears. Mm-hmm. And that's key to what Cleveland does. And I'm not a believer in Flacco. The Bears offensive line is getting better and better every week. They used to be uh, complete antonyms uh, and you know, now with Tevin Jenkins, Nate Davis, former Titan, Braxton Jones, and the rookie from the Tennessee Volunteers who's been really good, Darnell Wright, um, it, it's looking way up. And, yeah, that's a tough, fast defense to face, but I, I just think the Bears shut down the run and, and they get after Flacco and they do enough. Just like this Vikings-Raiders game, they're the road team wins 3 nothing. I'm going to take the Browns here. Uh, If Flacco can get the ball to Njoku like he did in the first half, he had almost 100 yards receiving in the first half. That bodes well. I don't think 
Justin Fields gets away from Miles Garrett. Give me the Browns. I, I like the I like the way they play. So home game, give me the Browns. Ravens Jags here. Um, yeah, this this one could be interesting as well. Jacksonville, do they have a home field advantage? I don't know. There'll be a lot of Baltimore fans in, in attendance. Uh, Baltimore giving three and a half. Uh, I'll go first in this game real quick. I'm going Ravens. I, I, I think this is a game where Lamar takes off with his legs and makes things happen. Uh, Robbie Davis, who do you like? Has, have any of you guys ever been to Jacksonville Stadium? I've been to a, uh, a concert outside of the stadium. It's a it's a dump. So I would not it, go there if you paid me. And it, it, it is a dump, and it's weird. Even though there's gonna be away fans there, you, you walk in there. There's there's not bathrooms. There's porta potties. But then there's pools in the end zones. There's a lot of distractions. Hard to take take focus in that place. So the home team knows what's going on. The way teams don't. It takes you about a half to figure out what the hell's happening. Give me the Jags uh, plus three and a half. Brandon. That was a whole lot. There was a whole lot there. There's pools in the end zones. Yeah, but it's full of hippos, dude. There's nothing you want to see in that. No, shit. you jump in there. No, like You can swim if you're in yeah. there. Like the, like it, it, it's... It's hot as fuck. It's in it sucks. Yes, it can mm. be. Yeah, it's just muggy well, from well, like. Yeah, so, so so generally they do they do dirty the, like, people. The, the, that's why they're they're, they're going to be the first team that moves to London. Um, yeah, but, <laughs> but anyway, every time every time I've been there, it's been like the Vols, Gators, and then the Titans, Jags, same weekend in early September. It's hot as fuck. It literally you melt in that place. Brandon. Um, give me the Ravens here. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is hurt. I just broke you down. Excellent. Although he's playing, um, he's not going to be, not that he's a mobile quarterback, but I think he's going to have a little trouble planning. No, you're on mute. You're on mute, Robbie. We can't hear well, you. I, I, I can't. Does Brad not hear my explanation? Then he just goes yeah, no. away. Your explanation is stupid. Like zero, zero relevance for what you said. That's analysis. That I'm going to go with the better team, which is the Ravens at this point, and the better quarterback (laughs) who is not hurt, and that's Lamar Jackson. Um, Raj, same man. I thought this line would be higher. Uh, Lawrence had three picks. Three TDs last week. They could not run against Cleveland. Baltimore's about the same. Um, I think they're going to get after him, and they're going to have issues, uh, number one, with that offensive line that that's struggling right now big time. They're ranked in EFF at number 25th overall. A lot of injuries, and um, that's just the wrong team to play when you got injuries in those places. Uh, score update, 49 nothing third quarter. Raiders just th- throwing uh, flea flickers. Uh, the receivers throwing touchdown passes. Brandon Staley better not be allowed. I haven't seen a game like this since like the Rich Gannon era twenty years ago, and I'm not even fucking watching it. Brandon Staley better not be allowed on that airplane tonight. He better uh, get himself a hotel. Um, their and coaching hires Anthony Lynn and Staley just awful. 
I see a hotel room and a hooker in his in his future. Uh, heading out to Seattle, <laughs> Battle of the Birds. This this is going to be this this could be a sneaky good good matchup here. Uh, yeah. Philly given four to Seattle. Is Geno Smith going to play? I think that that determines uh, a lot here. So uh, Raj, we'll start with you. Who do you like? Um, he, he did. He was a limited participant in practice today. So he is expected uh, to play, but uh, so is Ken Walker and uh, Charbonnet. So I, I think they're going to be more or less at full strength. But all that being said, I agree it can be sneaky. This is a team that puts up points uh, when you don't expect them to at Detroit, um, you know, against Cleveland, winning against the Browns, uh, keeping it competitive at Dallas at the Niners. So they've been playing some really tough games lately. Their, their last four were Rams, Niners, Cowboys, Niners, Eagles. This is their fifth. All that being said, I just, I think this is a get right game for the Eagles. I think it's close, but if it were at five, I'd probably go Seattle, but at four, I'm going to stick with Philly. Brandon. You know, Philly was riding on mile high or whatever you want to say. They they were the best team there for a while, Mm -hmm. and they just got back-to-back beats by the two best teams in the NFL, being the 49ers and the Cowboys. Uh, They're they're looking for revenge, man, and they're going to be pissed coming into this game. And they're going to leave pissed. Because Seattle is going to do <laughs> something crazy and beat Philly and the Philly special shuffle, Kelsey podcast, all the distractions. Philly goes down. Seattle covers the points and money line. All right, Robbie. Um. I was on Philly till Brian just mentioned the podcast. Now I think I'm going the other way. <laughs> I'm so frustrated with this NFL season. Uh, yeah, give me Seattle plus four. Seattle currently is tied with the Rams, who are tied with the Packers for. The last wild card spot at six and seven, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattle plays well at home. DK Metcalf. Well, DK Metcalf is a long threat. Jackson Smith and Jibba has started to come around a little bit. They have a downfield presence. The Eagles have no secondary. I like the Seahawks in this game. It they can't afford a loss. They're right in the thick of things. Uh, they need help. This game, they get it right. Uh, I like Seattle to to win this game. So, um, but yeah, it, it's interesting week of football. That's that's for sure. Um, we definitely ran a little bit long, so we'll cut. You know, <laughs> get this thing <laughs> wrapped up here. We're going to put a bow on this thing real quick, guys. You got any final words? And uh, I'll start with you, Brandon. 
Uh, no final words. Good show. Way longer than we expected. We were like, oh, yeah, we can squeeze an hour out of this. Um, it's going on an hour and 50 minutes. So, uh, and, and, and we had to cut off two segments. Uh, yeah, I'll shut we, up. We, we uh, definitely. Uh, we Robbie, too you, much. Any, uh, any final words? Um, well, as we wind down this year, uh, 2023, uh, thank everyone for who, who listens or who watches and who does anything to support us. We really do appreciate it. Uh, besides that, uh, guys, the three of you, um, Hey, it's been a pleasure. I look forward to the next year of us still talking to, uh, you guys are talking about sports and doing this thing. And so, um, yeah, it's not Thanksgiving. It's not Christmas. It's a little bit between the both. But, hey, uh, thanks for everyone that watches and participates. And thank you guys. And, and especially one last shout-out, Tom. You do more than I think the three of, other three of us even know how to do things. So well, thank you. For sure. It's 100%. You guys bring the knowledge, and it's the least I could do. Yeah. Um, Raj, final words? Yeah, real quick. Uh, mainly centering around the James family, number one. The Lakers raised their banner for the in-season tournament, um, which, yeah, I think the winning team got five hundred grand. The NBA did something different. And I will argue that even though most of us didn't know what the hell it was or the schedule, there was single elimination games, and in the last, like, eight teams – there was good basketball, man, and there was a lot of intensity. Um, it was all in Vegas. The games were sold out. Uh, and, you know, L.A., like in the bubble um, on on a neutral floor, they've shown that they, they don't lose, really. Um, most importantly, 38-year-old LeBron James was the MVP, just doing things that are unprecedented in sports. To be that old in his 20th season – um, you know, Jordan, Kobe, after year 10, 12, 13, 15, Kareem, nobody's ever done this. And he was dominant. And he had more fire than Zion Williamson, who did jack shit in L.A.'s 133-89 stomping of them um, prior. Just no energy whatsoever. And then we saw the ascent of great players, you know, like Tyrese Halliburton, um, Aaron Nesmith, other young guys that just came out and played with fire, beating teams with like Dame Time and Giannis, and 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 then you see the old guys play with fire. So any single elim- elimination thing is cutthroat basketball, and I'm all about cutthroat basketball. Viewership was a little bit up, but um, LeBron James was just amazing to me. And then finally, even though they lost in overtime because. They shot 20 for 36 from the free throw line, operative free throw line. They went to overtime against Long Beach State and lost. Um, Bronny James made his debut after a cardiac arrest, uh, what, six months ago, which is just remarkable. LeBron called it, you know, one of his most crowning achievements in, in, in all of his life to witness. He was there. Um, SC really should have won. Uh, again, if you can't make free throws, though, 20 of 36, they went to OT. Um, they're still learning each other. There's a lot of talent in five stars. And the reason why I bring all this up is I am going to Auburn Sunday uh, for a rematch of USC and Auburn. And I'm excited. And I hope SC has had a week to come together. Um, they've got more I've, talent. I've heard, I've, heard, I've heard that's an insane place to play. 
It really is, and and Auburn's got a couple big dudes, including uh, John I or Johnny Broom, and um, Neville Arena is small. So they sell out, and they've been sold out for like 10 years, and the cheapest ticket was 137 for standing room only. Um, so I'm paying a lot to get decent seats. I tried to go to SC, but Auburn doesn't release any two opposing non-conference teams, which sucks. But we're staying at a sweet hotel called the Laurel, which is really nice on campus. I hear it's a beautiful place, nice people, and I'm excited to uh, go to, instead of Taylor Swift like Rob, USC and Auburn basketball this Sunday. So uh, Hey, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to Tennessee and North Carolina State in San Antonio this weekend. So Okay, never mind then. That, that's cool. But anyway, I, 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 I also travel. My fi- I, well, I know that. My final words are, are, are just big ups to the James family. Much respect, much love. Well, I'll, I'll keep it uh, short like uh, Raj just did. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I think we can uh, hit two hours and 30 minutes if you keep uh, going. Yeah, no, time. no. I, 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 I got to get up early in the morning. But, um, anyway. no, I, excited about the game this weekend. Saturday night NFL in Detroit. Man, the city's going to be buzzing. Uh, I'll try and post some pictures, post some videos. Uh, looking forward to that. I think they get back on the the winning winning uh, ways this weekend. So um, look for a big win. Uh, potential to clinch a, a playoff spot with with some help, which is definitely a possibility. Maybe win the division next week. But uh, all right, folks. Uh, great show. Definitely went long. So we're glad you guys hung in there for as long as you did. Um, don't forget to like, follow subscribe all our social medias uh you you see it right there you got it just search reckless speculation uh we're everywhere uh and we're looking to definitely get some more content out there in the coming days so for raj Mehta, brandon chain robbie davis i am tom sloan thank you so much and we'll see you next time thanks for listening to another episode of reckless speculation Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube searching Reckless Speculation. Catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to catching you right here next week with another exciting episode of Reckless Speculation. Cheers.